We're going to read over the paragraph that we started last time on Friday. We read it quickly. I want to read it a little slower and get more clarity. Everybody can look inside. Thank you, Saul, for giving out the books. We are in chapter 13, Parakir Gimel. Okay? We hope that you make this quiz uh, and you get yourself your own seals to show them and write your notes in them so you can know it and you can learn it over and over. Silai Sharim is a book that you have to learn over and over. Many Gidolim, it's known that they had Masilai Sharim on their night table. It means that this was something that they constantly went over and over. Yeah? There's no end to the book's depth. And therefore, you can keep on getting it clear. Okay? So we're in chapter 13. klal haprishas. You see those words? It's in the beginning. It's a couple of lines in. I don't know which uh, thing you have. Vehine klal haprishas. It's about five lines in. Got it? Vehine klal haprishas. This is the rule of prishas. Humasha omru zechayna levrocha. This is what it says in Gemara. Yevomis. Kadesh atzmecho bemutterlach. What does it mean a person who has perishut? Kadesh atzmo, he makes himself holy in things that are not forbidden in halacha. Okay? That means in halacha, it doesn't say how much food you're allowed to eat, as long as it's kosher, right? In halacha, as long as the food is kosher, it's okay. But it doesn't say in halacha that you can't fresh your brains out. It doesn't say that. So a person who is a parush is going to make himself holy in areas that are not forbidden according to the Torah. You got that going? Now, the Shlach Kaddish, we're going to go into this topic major, don't worry. The Shlach Kaddish says, Kaddish atzmecha b'mutu means, Kaddish atzmecha b'miyutar lecha. You know what miyutar lecha means? What well, is for you extra. That means it's not a clear-cut halacha. What you need and what I need may be different. What's considered extra for me and what's considered extra for you may be different. So it's a very vague halacha. It's not so clear at a certain stage in your life. Let's say, for example, we're going to learn soon that one of the Inyanova precious is about schmoozing, excess speech, okay? So it may be possible that a young man at your age needs to schmooze more than a person who's older. So for you, a certain amount of schmoozing may not be considered miyutai. You know what I'm saying? Again, let's get this clear. In the simple understanding of Kaddish Mutter means it's a clear-cut, defined thing. Every person should make himself holy in things that are mutar. Halachically mutter. So we should all put a fence. We should put a fence on how much food we eat. We should put a fence on how much gashmias we have. We should put a fence on how much money we have. We should put a fence on how much schmoozing we do, right? There's like a, a standard fence that we want to try to do, right? But the Shulach Kodesh says that that fence is very unclear what that fence is. Because different people need different things. Different ages need different things. So the way he explains it is Kaddish Atzmecha B'miyutar Lecha. What's for you extra? It may not be extra for your friend. 
But again, we're going to have to go into this much deeper to learn about, you know, this practically speaking. Okay? Let's go weiter. Vizot he, inside Yankee, Vizot he, Hora'ata shel hamila atzma. And this is the definition of the word itself. Pirishut. What does pirishut mean? In English it means abstain. He says, what does that mean? Rotzel Omar, lihiyot poresh, umarhik et atzmo min haddavad. To separate and make yourself far from the thing. Okay, you following? Vahainu, I'm going to explain it more deeper, but let's just get the words inside. Vahainu, she'osir al atzmo devar heter. He answers on himself something that's mutter. Okay? Now, it's a very deep term that he's using over He makes it asur, which I'm not going to talk about today. I'm going to go back into it. But it's not just like, it's a good thing, should abstain. No, it de- turns into an isur. It becomes forbidden, which I have to explain, but not yet. Slowly, slowly. It's a deep subject. Okay? Vaita. You following Yankee? Why does the Torah want that a person should put boundaries and make isurim on himself on things that the Torah itself doesn't answer? Why? Why do we want it? Why? Why should we do that for? Answers the Masilas Yisharim. Vakavona in order not to get trapped and pulled into the actual Isra itself. Anything anything that can cause you to do a bad thing, even though at the present moment it's not causing you to do anything bad. And of course, what you're doing right now is not bad, bad. it's only causes you to do bad. Okay, that's enough for today reading inside. Now we're going to go a little bit deeper into that. Okay? You hear what's going on here, Rabbi Say? According to the Masil Sishar, he's using a pasuk in the Torah. The pasuk in the Torah says, Kiddoshit Tehihu, should be holy. The Ramban says, what does that mean? Kiddoshim Tehihu means... Kadesh Atzmechobamotilov. That there's a requirement in the Torah that each person, according to his level, should make fences in areas that are not Asur. And what's the purpose of that, says the Masil Sisharim? What's the reason why the Torah wants to make you to make fences? Is because there are things in this world that even though they're mutter, ultimately they bring you to Isser. So you have to erect the fence. Now, of course, you're going to all ask me a very simple question. If it's important to make a fence in order not to sin, so why didn't the Chachamim make the fence? That's the job of the Chachamim. The Chachamim's job is always to make fences. So if it's something that's so important, why didn't the Chachamim make a fence? Okay? The Messiah Shisharim is going to address that. A little bit, I just answered it a little bit with the shlok, because it's not something that you can make a clear fence about. Every person is different. So the Torah put it into your decision-making, that you have to find a place to make fences in your life. But according to the Ramban, 
it comes out that this is deoraita. Midoraita, every single human being has to find a place in his life that he should put up a fence in order to save himself from getting dragged into Isser. It's just that the Torah didn't give you clear, definitive guidelines because it's not clear. Every human being is different. Therefore, you have to figure it out on your own, which is a place to make a fence. We're going to talk about this a lot, and we're definitely not ready for the halacha lamaisa, the practical avoider, but that's going to come in due time. But what I want to speak out something very deep. The Messiah Shalom here is opening our eyes to something that we're not so familiar with, is that the way the Yetzer works is that he, we spoke about this a little last time, but I'll bring out another Amkis today. The way the Yetzirah works is he traps us. And where does the trap begin? And the things that are totally mutat. To the point that when you get face to face, a face-off with the Yetzirah regarding the actual Isser, at that point in time, you could be 100% an honest. You cannot win. But the reason why you're punished, despite the fact you cannot win the Yetzirah, the reason why you're punished is because you should have beat the Yetzirah in the trap, okay? So we said a Gemara. Last time, there's a lot of Gemaras. I'll go into it. Don't worry. We're not in a rush. We have a long time. I want you to digest the subjects. But I want to bring out a point today, which is a very deep point, and I think every single young person sitting here today has to know this point very well. Okay? We are under a certain assumption that life, if a person indulges in Olam Hazen, he indulges in money, he indulges in food, he indulges in schmoozing, he indulges in COVID, he indulges, he goes on trips, he wears nice clothes, you know, he lives life, you know, he drives nice cars, he wears nice watches, he has money in his pocket, you know, that's really enjoying a happy life, it's a happy life, it's a good life, living the life of a true, authentic Ben Torah is hard, because you can't have all these luxuries and all these things. But you know what? What are you going to do? You have to try to go through that stressful thing of living like a bentura and having to cut back on stuff that you really enjoy. It's, you know, it's tough, but what are you going to do? And now I'm telling you that minhat Torah, you have to really make certain uh, boundaries in your life. It's not so great. It's not so gishmak. But what are you going to do? That's life, right? But I want to show you that that's really not the case. Even though superficially it looks like the good life is the life of Olam Hazer and the indulging, and the hard life in Olam Hazer is living the life of a Ben Torah. That's what it looks like superficially. But I'll show you slowly, to start the subject today, that it's totally making a big mistake. Okay? There's a Gemara that says in Masechet Tamid, on page Lamid Bet, if you want to look it up. Okay, so I will probably look it up. So I gave you Marbach. It says over there, if one wants to live, wants to live means he wants to enjoy life in Olam Hazer, not only Olam Habo. That's what the Rosh says. He wants to enjoy life. 
You want to enjoy life. What should you do? You should kill yourself. What does it mean? Kill yourself. Says the Rosh. It means that you should abstain from taiva. You should deny your body the pleasures of this world. You should uproot the the desires for COVID and whatnot, that's called killing yourself. Because since your body naturally desires all these things, if you deny your body from these things, for what reason? Says the Rosh, you deny your body from these things so you can learn that you should be able to focus on Yahweh Hashem and live a purposeful life. That's Yamis Atzmoy, Yichyeh. You'll actually enjoy life. That's a Gemara. Now we have to understand it. Because on one hand, the Gemara says you're killing yourself. You're going against your, in, your, your natural way. So it's called a death. But when you go through the death process, when you finish the death process, then you're going to experience life in a way that is way more pleasurable than anything that you would experience. So, so let's, let's focus on the Lush and Hazal. Yes, the process is a little painful because it's called death. So it's a process is painful. You're right. But the result of the death of the body is yichya, to enjoy life. It's kedai to look in the Rambam. The Rambam says, and then the Gemara, I'm sorry, the Gemara continues there. It says, That's the punchline. But if you want to have a death life, you want to live a life of problems, live it up. If you live it up in Gashmis, you will have a life of problems. We see that in America today, black and white. There has never been a generation that as, is as rich as this generation that we are in today. Every kid has money in his pocket. You understand? There's desires available for you at your fingertips. There's conveniences. There's never been a time in the history of the world that a guy can live Olam Hazza to the max like he can today. You understand? Not shaykh. Even without breaking halachot. You want to go to Peru? Experience Peru? There's a kosher a hotel there experience for you. Go anywhere you want, you know, and really enjoy on cruises and, and, and trips and whatnots and who knows what, and restaurants every two inches. And everybody's got money, and everybody, every kid who's 18 years old already wants his own car because he should feel confined or inconvenienced that he has to actually walk or wait for a ride. His life is such a nightmare. So, okay, no problem, kid. Here's a car. Here's money. Here's a credit card. Here's a phone. Here's an app. Do whatever you want. Life is at your fingertips. You control the pleasures of your world. Kval, right? It's never been like that. When I was learning in BMG as a bocher, you know, the average guy there was like 22, 23, 24, you know, and the dating, 90% did not have cars. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't so long ago. It was like 23 years ago or something like that. 24 years ago, right? But now, every second kid, from the moment he gets his license, needs to have a car. You understand? And, and people are affording it somehow. 
right? And now it's like a car. It used to be you got a, a Hyundai or something. Uh, what, 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 what's uh, Shakuni's car? The Kuna. Yeah, the Kuna. No, 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 no Kuna now. You understand? So now you get luxury cars. This is a rich generation. Everybody has what they want with the leather seats and the thing and the, you know, whatever, the whole nine yards, right? So you would expect that this generation should be, their smile should be from ear to ear. You understand? You have everything you want at your fingertips, right? Well, the fact of the matter is there has never been a generation which suffers from mental health like this generation. Like you can't imagine the depression, the amount of people that are depressed. We could ask Shook's grandfather, you know, he's like a real professional for so many years. He'll tell you how many problems there are. You know, you don't have to trust Yaakov Harari on this one, you know. The anxieties, the distress, the the, the depression, the, the you know what I'm saying? The addictions which are coming from pain, right? So why is this world so messed up if we're so rich and we're so... Happy, we should be so happy, right? That's the Gemara. The Gemara says, if you live it up, your life will be a disaster. It will be a death. It's the Gemara. It's a Chazal. And now, if you want Chizik and Emunah, just take a peek what's going on in the world, and you will get a Chizik and Emunah. That's what it says. And it's a, it's a, a Rambam, which would be nice to learn. One day we'll learn these things inside the Rambam of Tshuva. But the Rambam says that we see that the Torah says, if you keep the Torah, and I will give you all these unbelievable things in Gashmias. And if you don't keep the Torah, you'll have all these punishments, terrible life. The Rambam says, even though Schar and Oynish is an Oilam Abot, it's not an Oilam Hazer. So why is the Torah saying, if you keep the mitzvahs, you'll have a good Oilam Hazer? And if you do the Averis, you'll have a bad Oilam Hazer. The Rambam says it has nothing to do with schar. He says, if you use the world for why it was given to you, it was given to you to assist you in Avodah Hashem, then you will have a good life in Olam Hazem because the world will assist you. It won't fight you because it came here to help you. Then you'll have a good Olam Hazem. You'll have Minuch Sanefesh and Archavah Sadas and you'll be able to do Avodah Hashem. But if you turn around and this, so then he says you'll get Olam Hazem and you get Olam Abba. It's a win-win situation because life will assist you. You'll be happy in life. And you'll also have Olam Haba because he did mitzvahs. He says, but however, if you take Olam Haza and you try to grab it for yourself, for your pleasures and not for the purpose that it gave, came here for, then the world will turn against you because that's not why the world is here. So the whole world will turn against you and it'll destroy you and it'll cause you pain and suffering and anxieties and issues and all kinds of things. And then says the Rambam, what's the result of that Yankee? Because you were so stressed out and you were so messed up and you had so much problems that you couldn't even get Olam Hazer and Olam Haba you couldn't get because you couldn't sit and learn. So you can't beat the system. So precious is not only a good thing so you don't sin. Precious is actually going to help you enjoy life. You know? So don't think that this process of precious is such a big mysterious nefesh. It's actually going to help you enjoy life. I'll tell you one more chazal, unbelievable chazal that brings out this point. And you'll see that people struggle in Panasa only because they run after tigers. Yeah? The Gemara says in Kedushin that one of the rabbis in the Gemara says 
if you see, he said, did you ever see animals struggle with parnasa? They eat grass right there. The fish in the water, they jump in the water, they get their fish right there. They don't struggle with parnasa. Everything is all available to them all the time. And he says, but me, technically, I should have even a better an easier time with Parnassah. A human being should have a much easier time with Parnassah. Why? Because the animals are not the purpose of creation. Who's the purpose of creation? The human. So I serve Hashem. I'm so important. I serve Hashem. So Parnassah should come to me like, like, like nothing. So why is it not that way? So he says, Because of my bad deeds... The reason why I'm struggling with Parnassus is because of my bad days. Now, the, the Sefer HaMakna, you ever heard of Sefer HaMakna? It's a Sefer on Kedushin, one of the great Svarim on Kedushin, written by the Balaflor. He explains as follows. He says that the world is based on categories, right? The lowest category is called Domem. Domem is the inanimate objects like the rocks, the ground, right? Tzomeach is the things that grow. Then you have a Chai, which is the animals. Then you have Medaber, which is a human. And then we even have on top of that, we have the Jew. Okay? That's the, the things. Now, when, I, when you have an object like the ground, the dirt, the elevation that it has is if it serves the category above it. So the ground is eager to give its nutrients and minerals to the Tzoymeach. It's eager for that. Why? Because when it gives it to it, it has an elevation. Because it becomes part of something bigger. The tzoymeach is eager to give itself to the chai, to the animal to eat it, because it has an elevation. So it's, it, it has a desire to serve it, because it makes it higher. The only way it can go higher is if it serves something higher. Right? Now, technically, according to this pyramid, the way it should work is that now the animals and the fruits and the vegetables and all these things should be dying to throw itself before the human being who's the purpose of creation, who serves Hashem. So why is the system corrupt? Why is Parnassa and getting your food the most difficult thing in the world? That's the Gemara's question. And he answers for this reason. Because the, the ground has no problem giving itself to the tzoymech, because the tzoymech doesn't have bechira. It's not going to sin. It's not going to use it for the wrong thing. The tzoymech has no problem giving it to the animal, because the animal's not going to sin. It's not going to use it for the wrong thing. But the Adam, if he takes all this food, and he uses it to have taivas and enjoy life, and he doesn't use it to elevate himself, to serve Hashem, then it's worse. It runs away from you. doesn't want to give it to you. So what comes out according to this Chazal, according to this Hamakne, according to the Sefer Hamakne, what, what comes out? That the more a person chases Taivus Olam Yanki, the more he chases Taivus Olam the more Olam runs away from him. So he has a harder time.